And welcome to AFL Deep Dive with Beyond the Game for another episode. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, Trent. How are you, buddy? Doing very well. Lots of football well, to talk about. Hello to everyone out there. Yes, we're actually going to be doing what we are here to do. That's talk it. about football rather than the issues. So No one hit anyone. Well, there was some hitting, but not as much with consequence. Which no, was not as big consequences no. um, for a team that's obviously inconsequential at the moment. And... Not much to talk about no. other than the game. This is not going to be a Nathan Brown episode. I think Definitely we'll, not. We'll probably keep moving. So we're going to do a few things tonight. So welcome to the episode. So AFL Deep Dives are a football podcast. Game over the drama is our MO. We definitely go a bit shorter on our podcasts when we have to do a bit of drama because it's. I don't think that's our bag. No. It's definitely more more talking about the game and, and we're looking forward to this. So we'll try to keep this. Plenty of radio stations, hours, TV stations, other podcasts that it. talk about the drama and nothing about AFL football. No. So they uh, they struggled, I think, through a few episodes this week just trying to fill it out. But yeah, there's a few things to talk about. So we're going to dedicate a bit of this to finals health. So we're getting a lot of questions coming through from our listeners and beyond the game as well, just around how teams are looking from an injury perspective. And it's so important leading into finals and leading into the back end of the year, how your team is going. And teams that are stacked with injuries is obviously so much harder. It sounds like such a, a simple topic, but I think it's something that's very worth discussing. Because obviously less players is bad. But, you know, where where are the players injured? How is that going to affect the run home? Yeah, absolutely. There seems to be maybe three or four teams that are in the finals race that are staying healthy week in, week out. Yeah. And on top of that, topping up with players coming back. And yeah. then there's another four or five teams that are, unfortunately, the opposite's happening. They're, they were getting players back, but every week or every second week now, they seem to be getting one or two injuries, yeah. in particular your Giants and your, and your Port Adelaide. So. Well, we've got a really unique situation. This is one of the things that sort of you know led to us talking about this, was that you've got Richmond that are basically don't have many injuries at all. So Kane Lambert's one, which we will go into in a minute. But outside of that, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. But then so many of the other sides that are in contention this year, are really struggling through different pieces. So we're going to look through that. We're also going to talk a bit about missed opportunities. So obviously, yeah. you know, the, the round just gone, a big part of it was, you know, how good were a number of games. But then also we saw North Melbourne, you know, fail in a... I mean, this is the thing. North Melbourne supporters, they want to be treated as equals. They want the team to be treated, you know, n- not to be belittled and so on and so forth. And I think that, that makes complete sense. But if we're going to do that, then if they falter the way they did we need to come down hard like we would on any side. So that that's fair enough. Absolutely. We're going to talk a bit about Port Adelaide as well, which led the entire game and then lost after the siren, which is unbelievable. That's unheard of. Unbelievable. And then Geelong, to some degree, obviously came up against very, very good uh, you know, defensive structure and so on and so forth. But the other, the big one, and you can argue very much is the, the sort of lead story, really, is, is Melbourne. Melbourne are stacked with talent. Or are they? I um, mean, this is the thing. Melbourne picked up the old baton that is ninth place Richmond mm. and are running with it by the looks of things. It's not going to surprise too many fans of football out there that uh, Melbourne are in a bit of a debacle state. And that was a new word for me, debacle it feels like it's wrong with it. <laughs> Sounds like a beer. Yeah, it's like a beer. And yeah, and I can't say I actually see Melbourne finishing ninth at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty problematic, hey. I mean we're in, we're in a situation where you've got Melbourne where they're so good against bottom sides 
and then they get belted against top sides. So it's something that we just can't ignore. And you know, in our podcast, we do a review and a preview episode as well. And we do obviously talk a lot about this, but in terms of looking back overall, I think it's it's worth doing. And then we're going to look, you know, a bit further forward in terms of the injuries that are coming up. You know, obviously Hogan's the other big thing that happened mm. today. So let's start at the top. So let, let's break through a few different sides. So we'll start with Melbourne, which really sort of has to be the lead. Absolutely, because yeah. when you see the information that's put in front about where they are as a team, it's damning. All the other teams, you sit there and go, okay, they had a bad day. They shouldn't have lost that game. But when you look at Melbourne's inability to perform against the top teams versus the lower teams, it's it's chalk and cheese, it really is. Yeah, and I think the big thing is that as soon as Lever went down, you and I were, we both looked at each other, we were watching that game live and we thought, this kind of feels like a... Uh, a, a real like obviously it's a problem but it, it feels like this is the, a point that people will look back on and say mm, this is this is not ideal and then on top of that they've been without Viney for large sections of the year that's that's really been a, a big problem it seems like they had plan A yeah levers in the plan A and then nothing if he goes down because of yeah being, you know, we haven't seen the same sort of uh, pizzazz from the coaching side of that perspective, you know, when you look at GWS, for example, where they've, they've been missing key cogs for, for some time, and then yet they've pretty much generally been able to get it done. Yeah, exactly right. They've been able to wheel players from different positions into uh, other roles, and they've been able to take one or two weeks to pick it up, and then they've been able to just... They've got a team now, in, in a bit like Richmond, where most players can play right on any line, back, forward, mid, um, on the bench if they need to. They don't yeah. like playing on the bench, but no. they can if they need to. That's so, it. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go into a few things. I mean, the thing with Melbourne, obviously I'm sure you guys have heard throughout the last 24, 48 hours. So, I mean, Melbourne now, they're, they're, it's, their stats now just can't be ignored. So they're 0-7 they're against the top nine. I mean, that is about as damning as That's it gets. That's unbelievable. And then they're 12-1 yeah. against the bottom nine. So, I mean, it, it doesn't get any worse than stats like that. I and mean, yeah, it's it's shocking. And 100 percentage points difference. So against the bottom nine, they're 174.8% and only 74.8% against the top side. So that puts them bottom yeah. three. It's not ideal. And I think the big thing for me is that Melbourne have grown in some ways. And this has always, it's been the year that people have said this is where they're going to leap. And things have changed. But the, the mental side of their game, clearly, you have to say, is still very problematic. I mean, yeah. to, for those sort of results. So I guess from here, so they're, they're going to be without Hogan for the rest of the year. They're, they're obviously not going to get Lieber back. Viney's still, it's, it's, I mean, they're not being that clear on it. If he's coming back, it's a while off. A while off, yeah. So where do we see Melbourne going from here? Do we, do we think that they are a legitimate finals chance? I mean, we... we this is the crazy thing. I can't believe we're talking about it. They're in the top four last week and the whole thing around Melbourne for a while, we've been you know, sort of up in the air about them because they just can't beat quality teams and every time it comes to a quality game, you and I think, no, no, this will be the one. This will yep. be the one that it happens. This will be the one. And, and we're not the time, only ones. There's plenty no. of people out there that think that. Look, I don't... Th well, this year they haven't shown any glimpses of being able to... Well, they can, might make finals, but I can't see them going very deep. And what I would think, if I was a Melbourne um, power broker, I'd be going, okay, this is damning. First of all, I've only played seven, and I'm not sure how this works. It's whether the teams that are currently in the top nine yeah. 
That's as it, as it yeah, is yeah. yet. Okay, so they only played that's based seven. On current. So they only played seven games against these opposition. So that's not even one against every single team. There. No, and that's 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 part of their so, fixturing as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be asking to play uh, multiple games against whoever finishes in top eight this year. Yeah. Next so year. Geelong have got the opposite end. Geelong have actually played. They've got they they go six and six. But that means they've played 12 top sides. Yeah, and Hawthorne so have played 13. They're correct. 8 and 5. Yeah. So, so the, those two, those guys have done multiple. So you need to have that um, continuity throughout the home and away season of yeah. playing against these regular teams. So you get used to um, winning under pressure. Having 13 games against lower-ranked teams doesn't set you up right. So, yeah, I, I, that, that's what I'd be looking at. Even if they play finals, the thing I'd be wanting to do is play more games against... Ho- high quality opposition throughout the season so you get used to playing against those teams yeah so russ has come through with a good question here and definitely keep asking questions as it goes guys so russ has asked could there be internal dramas at melbourne i mean it's a really good question and it's something that yeah we've spoken a bit about as well on the podcast i mean i hate to draw back on it but the the camp was something that it still seems a bit strange everything that went around that but yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a very strong possibility. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be sensationalists and say there has to be, but it, it seems that that's, that could absolutely be a big part of it. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems... It's, I mean, Goodwin seems like a good coach, but, I mean, we haven't seen really anything extreme from him. And he's going to be under serious pressure if they miss finals again this year. Next year, there'll be serious heat yeah. on him. A lot of people really rate Brendan McCartney and... I think, you know, I, I, from what you see, he seems to be a quality coach. And he, he was very much a, a big piece of building that dog side. And then he got the sack, sack and yeah. Bevo came in and they won a flag pretty soon after that. So you can't put that just down to Bevo. No. So it is, it, it, it is really interesting. And I, I personally, I was very surprised if you talk about off-field stuff and, and back a house. From the outside, I was quite surprised by the Gary Pert appointment. I, I thought... It just didn't seem that he was necessarily ready for that. It looked like there were other people that were in line for that first. Perhaps there are people's noses out of joint by that. I don't know, but it absolutely smells of that. It looks like that. So, it, yeah, it's really interesting. And I think you, you've got to get the back of house mental side right for the on-field mental side to, to work as well. And... We don't know the details necessarily of that no. camp from what we've, a lot of it's scuttlebutt, but at the same time, why they didn't want to go on it. Oh. Who knows? The idea was to build mental strength. That was literally, and, and Goodwin's gone on record and said that publicly, that this was exactly why they went and did it. So we do have to keep moving, but I think ultimately, yeah, that could absolutely be a big part of it. And, and they've got to, you know, Ruse, and he gets very, very heavily you know, credited, and he has been, he clearly has to be, you have to say he's been good for that club. But, I mean, their on-field's lifted, but the, the next pieces have to fall into place, otherwise it's, they're absolutely, it's, you can't rely just on talent. And there's been too many games where they've tried to rely on that, played a lot of, you know, very sort of fancy football and, and not got it done. And we spoke the other night about Grunt. We spoke a bit about how GWS for a long time are criticised as a team that, you know, just didn't seem to have those Grunt you know, head over the ball. There was a couple, you know, Callum Ward, obviously a few of these guys were good, but consistently across the side. I think GWS is starting to show that and Melbourne now are becoming that team. Yeah, totally agree. I think there's that aspect. I think if there's anything, there might be a little bit of disharmony within the playing group. I actually don't think 
the back of back house. I think the admin and all that type of stuff is quite strong at Melbourne. Yeah. Their memberships are quite strong. Yeah, and all that type yeah. of stuff is quite good. Uh, it just doesn't feel like what's going on in St Kilda and those types of teams where you can obviously see there's some real disharmony right across the board. Yeah. I think there may be some players, but as you said, that's surmising. We don't know enough about it. Um, the Jesse Hogan issue is still a concern. Does he want to stay in Melbourne or is he potentially going to go back to WA? Time will tell. And then now with the injury as well. Yeah, so, yeah, look, it's a great question and I guess we'll see a lot more uh, over out. the next three weeks to play out. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, in terms of stats, you know, they're, 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 they're aside from those really alarming ones, so they're 0-5 in games decided by under two goals this season. So, like... Yeah. In terms of the, the close games, they're getting their structures wrong and their decision-making is poor when it comes down to those last couple of minutes. And that's a massive problem. That's, that's, a, that's a big mental side of it. You look at a lot of the great teams and, and you have to have that. So anyway, we'll Absolutely. keep moving. Keep but moving, but great think, question. It's a great question, I think. And I think yeah. ultimately Melbourne, yeah, are, are absolutely in trouble and are a big chance to miss out, which is yeah. unbelievable given... The start of the year and, yeah, and but, most of the year. <laughs> but then maybe it is believable because they just can't beat big teams. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got to get that part right. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about North. I mean, North. so North were, you know, pretty good through the first half. They came up against the Dogs, who had really poor second halves. You and I, we, we saw the scores and we thought, surely this is going to get done. Uh, and then North's third quarter was abysmal. And it, it was just shocking to see, especially, and we raised this in the podcast last night, and check it out if you want to hear us break that game down even further. But that was shocking, given they knew that Geelong had lost. Yeah. That's the thing I know, like... There's obviously a lot of other things going into it, but they knew Geelong had lost, which is one of their their real, you know, foes at the moment in terms of where the ladder, ladder is. is. Yeah, yeah, it was shocking. I mean, the, the numbers are unbelievable. So in the third quarter, so they were negative 54 disposals, uncontested possessions negative 44, uncontested marks negative 12, scores from stoppages negative 18. Like consistently, really, really poor. They got belted and. You know, Bond and all these quality players, they got they saw the, the door and thought, well, hang on, we're gonna run through this. Let's 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 do it for Dale Morris's two fiftieth. And yeah, it's shocking stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and on the other side of the coin, it, it really does show where the game's at. Because yeah. if you go to sleep for a quarter of the a part thereof, any team, yeah. but probably the Suns and Carlton at this stage. Um, can jump you and, and yeah, and they're get probably the, win. the only two that can't. Yeah, because even uh, even though St Kilda have got their woes, it's kicking goals at their woes, and if you give them a sniff and they kick one or two, they've got the opportunity to yeah. go on. And and the doggies, they they saw that opportunity, jumped at it, and they've been really quite good over the last month or so. So yeah, yeah disappointed by North Melbourne. We did touch on North early in the season. Could that continue? Uh, that high tempo, high pressure type of football with such a young list. It's obviously starting to get to that point where those young players aren't uh, being able to do the things that they did at the start of the year, yep. which then translate in the senior players having to do too much. Mm. And I don't think too many people would have had their senior players at North Melbourne in that top, top echelon at the start of the year. And it's starting to be exposed. I'm not saying Brown no. and Zebul and these and the Cunnington and guys like this aren't elite players. They definitely are. Yeah. But when you compare it to other elite teams, top end, they probably weren't in the top 
10 or 12 teams. And then Port as well had an incredible opportunity. They were ahead the entire day and they just screwed that stu- structure up at the, yeah. at the last point. So we, we did talk a fair bit about that in the podcast and we do have to move on to other topics. But uh, one thing I did want to talk a little bit about with Port Adelaide is, so Dixon out is obviously a massive out mm. and then Ryder as well. But Dixon's out for the season. So they're going to miss Ryder for at least a couple of weeks. Maybe a week, but I reckon potentially two. But Dixon for the season. So, do we think? And I think this is a question I wanted to raise with you, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this in the podcast. So they're going to go with obviously a much smaller forward line. Maybe they go with Wines, or maybe they go with Wingard permanent. You'd think probably Wingard permanent forward, but yeah. do, they, do they use a Wines? How, how do they play this out? The interesting thing to watch is how are they going to be? Will they pull a GWS losing? You know, they lost Cameron, they lost Patton, and all of a sudden their forward line looked really potent, really yeah. dangerous, and really unpredictable. Is this is this a good thing? Could, could potentially As crazy be, as that sounds. I mean, they've literally, they've got to win both games now. Yeah, it's, quite, it's absolute crunch time for Port Adelaide, and I think there's enough belief in their team to be able to, to get the job done. So, yeah, I, act, I mean, Charlie Dixon has been very good, and he, he, he straightens them up and all that type of stuff. But years gone by, they've play extremely good football with a fairly small um, forward line. Yeah. It'll, depending on who they bring in for Ryder, I mean, Westhoff has always, has been a good foil-up forward as well. So if they have him as the one big and crumbing guys around him, yeah. they, they could still cause some havoc and play finals. Yeah, so we, let's move on. So we're going to talk a little bit about the health of teams. So we're not going to do every team. We're just going to pick a few out of the, the top sides and, and sort of the key sides that have got real... So Richmond and West Coast... We won't go into it because they're locked into top two mm. and you know they're, they're obviously going okay. West Coast have got enough depth. We spoke about this last week and we spoke about this pretty regularly on the podcast that even though we got a few questions last week is even though yes, no gaff, you know, Kennedy's still a little bit away and so on and so forth. Yep. No Nick Nat, they're, they're still going to be very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Richmond's only real key injury at the moment is really Lambert. So yep. they're, they're, they're going to be okay. So GWS, let's talk a little bit about. So... Key, key aspects out of this. So Dawson Simpson's a, a big problem because then it means that Lobb is really having to, to hold Shot that load. Rock, yep. Absolutely. And then now, they're, they're, yes, it's been good that they had plan A, you know, offensive style with, you know, Cameron and Patton involved. That's, that's Patton's that's well and truly yep. gone now. And then they had to do it without Cameron for a while, obviously, when he got suspended from that Harris Andrews hit. So how do you see their health going forward. I mean, no Scully, so he's, he's gone for the rest of the season as well. So there are, it is starting to mount sure. up. No, and that's the other thing too that happened, just gone. So do, we, do you think that that's going to have a serious impact on them or do you think they're still a big, big chance? A bit of both. I think, I think they can go deep in the finals still. Okay. I don't think they can go all the way with that, that amount of it, especially if Richmond continue to stay healthy, if Hawthorne continue to stay healthy and yeah. West Coast don't lose any more players. Collingwood, even if they get some key players back, yeah. that makes it really tough because they're all playing very good football. They're all having their good form. If you look at the ladder right now, uh, Bar Collingwood, like the top four in the top four because they've got the best win loss ratios yeah. over the last month and a bit. So, yeah, look, it, it, but you can't underestimate the talent on that Giants list. It, yeah. It's so deep. So, Big test this weekend will really show. We spoke a bit about this a few weeks ago on the one of the podcasts we do. I think it was one of the previews. Is that you know GWS? There's there was we were questioning initially for a, a bit there. What, what how deep is this team GWS? But they, they've shown that, that they've got it, it's clearly there. 
I mean, when, yeah. when, when you see people like Devin Smith, you know, he was struggling to get a game out there and now he's probably going to win Essendon's best and mm. fairest. You, this team's still got yeah. serious and when someone like Jeremy Finlayson, who is a great swing player, swingman, can't yeah. get a regular game, he's still playing in an EFL more times than not, yeah, you just that just shows how deep they bat because they've got their injuries and a guy like him, his caliber can't yeah. get a game, so... So Hawthorne, you know, we'll, we'll probably skip Hawthorne because Hawthorne, you know, they, they've obviously got some key outs in Birchall and Sicily and so on and so forth, but it looks like they're going to get a few of those back yeah, over the next couple of over weeks. the next few weeks. So that's something that they're, they're, they're looking okay. It's more ones that we think are a bit problematic. Collingwood are very interesting. So Collingwood, so Howe looks like he's a bit of a chance to play in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It looks like they're, they're going to get some pieces back, which is good, but ongoing I mean it I, I think the Trelaw factor still no. is something that if they can get him right and he can come back at even 80% it makes a massive difference to their side it does but you're always loath to put a player especially an underdone player yeah. in and who's in not, finals, not yeah. 90 100% if Trelaw was back two weeks ago and he had a month under his belt of home and away footy and was still only about eight, you'd risk it because it's final, so you, you do yeah. that. And, and anyone who doesn't think that teams do that anyway, uh, you just got to speak to uh, some of the old footballers who they said, "Yeah, we we're all pretty cooked when it came finals." But you just get up and you, you do what true, you got to yeah. do. That's what you play AFL footy for. That's it. And then Collingwood, yeah. So yeah, Collingwood, Collingwood, they yeah. they need to get some pieces back if they're going to. Go deep. Collingwood for me, they still need to get that right. And yeah. then Sydney are, are, are an interesting one as well. You know, they, they seemingly, are, they seem to have somewhat miraculously turned it around. Their younger players, all of us, we, we never write off Sydney. No, never write off. Never ever. Don't even consider it because all of a sudden now, you know, Heaney takes mark, mark of the, of the year, year, and then well, surely I, I would Buddy have could have kicked. Six or seven. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like they look like they're at least going to have a, a stab at it. Yeah. And obviously that you know Alex Johnson and we, we were talking about whether we you know bring that up in the agenda. I mean obviously that that's that's horrible and it's not something that anyone wants to see. And yeah. But there, there are a lot of other key aspects out of Sydney, but they're going to give a shake at it. I don't see them winning it though. No, they they don't back deep enough to to go all the way. I think they're serviceable. They'll scare some teams through the finals, yeah. but I think when the uh, the pressure's on and it's a close game in in the last quarter. The the class and speed of the teams above them will will, will overtake them and even some of the teams below them. Like if Essendon make it and they play Essendon, Essendon will outrun them. And I think Geelong's top end class is, is probably a bit too strong. And as Richmond well. will cause a lot of problems oh, for Geelong, them. Yeah. So Melbourne, we obviously went pretty deep into this episode. We led with them, but so Lever obviously no good. Good news for Melbourne though is it sounds like Hibbard and Melksham are going to be back this week, which yeah. is massive. So to get them back, big I mean, ins. Yeah, big ins. Um, and after that, it's really just Jake Lever. They, their list is pretty healthy. and It's actually not but, that bad. Yeah, but it's stacked with talent. That's the scary thing. And, and they, where, to be where they are is, as we said, damning. It's yeah, and that's the problem is they're stacked with physical talent, but I, I want to see some mental, mental talent. Talents, so yeah. the other big question is what's going on with Gorn. So he had a test during the week, so they're being very very hush hush as to what's happened. But he was a bit down on the weekend, and yeah. there, was, there was a bit of whispers around that he's uh, potentially um, going to miss a little bit. Isn't Nothing massive, but he is potentially going to miss a week Isn't that interesting because the week prior he was late to training, yeah. only did laps, and they said no, nah, he's okay. It's just part of his. Uh, 
load uh, bearing and, and, and just taking some training time, but obviously that's a load of crap because he looked cooked well, on the weekend. And they reckon, they reckon that if he, if that hadn't been such a massive game on the weekend, all you hear is that he wouldn't apply. Yeah. So, interestingly, so from that top eight and then Port at the back end, Port's really hard to get a read on. I think we need a bit of time. We might look at them next week, mainly because Port without Ryder, it, it clearly seems kind to of be... Frio without Sandy. It's, it's becoming like that. And you and I have spoken a bit about yeah. that. We do have to keep moving. But I think, Port, let's get a bit more sample yeah, size week. before we do that. Let's chat about them next week. But out of that top eight, Richmond, West Coast, GWS... Hawthorne, Collingwood, Sydney, Melbourne, and then Port. Out of that eight, for me personally, while the injury list is not necessarily the worst, I think it affects Melbourne the most out of everyone in that top eight side. Out of all the sides that are there, I think that they're the least capable of dealing with the injuries. Absolutely. Collingwood, Collingwood and GWS They've done really have, well. have proved all year that they can win lots of good games of footy without their top players yeah i think port adelaide yes riders are massive out but i think i think there's enough class and, and mental strength in that side of to to get the job done yeah i, I agree i think you agree yeah and it's shocking when you it's, think about the fact that they're going to get hibbard and melksham back which means in terms of serious outs is lever viney hogan which is obviously bad yeah, but, and if Gorn's out, then I mean, well, you'd say there's four of their top ten players. You can mount an argument that their their injury list is about as bad as GWS's, but GWS are dealing with it so much better, yep. and that's 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 about as damning as it can get. And they've done it from the start of the year. They've been doing it regularly. Yeah. They've had to. You and I spoke a couple of weeks ago about how they've had to come up with plans C and D. Yeah. So, and then look, very quickly before we move into questions, so definitely shoot some questions through, guys. We've got some really good ones that have been sent through. Yeah. Uh, of the people that are knocking on the door, because Adelaide are out after last week, so Geelong, North and Essendon, so the three that are banging on the door and fighting for the maybe sneaking into the eight, you and I think that it's a big possibility that Melbourne come out and one of those three potentially come in. Yep. Essendon's the hardest because their percentage is so low, but it's, they're still obviously still in the game. Of those three, who do you think's in the, in, in the worst position health-wise of their list at the moment? So you've got Geelong that are... I mean, theirs isn't terrible, but it's, uh, it's not great. North. Yeah. North, North's got the biggest injury concerns. And it's not even that bad. They, they, the three teams outside the eight at the moment have just dropped some game. I mean, Essendon were horrible at the start of the year. Well, Sard's not, it sounds like Sard's not going to play. That'll make it tough to beat Richmond. Had, yeah. they, had they had an easier it's game almost this sad week... That, yeah. Then, Fantasia as well. Yeah, and he's just re-signed, so that was good news. But yeah, good look... News. Unfortunately, that uh, side went out, but I just, I don't know, there's something about Essendon at the moment that you, I'm not writing them off on any case, anyone at the moment. Especially after the dogs in Richmond the last couple of years. Yeah. You, you do get sort of a sniff of, are these the Cinderella team? But it can't happen every year, but it, every does, year. it does feel like something's on, on the boil. So let's move into questions now, guys. So definitely shoot through any questions that you guys yeah. have yeah. Um, yeah, on social or in the, in the Facebook chat here. So we've got a couple of really good ones. So... One of the questions here, so do you think, so this actually came through on last week's Facebook chat, but we just didn't get time to, okay. to answer it. But do you think Gaff will attend the brand loan? <laughs> Which I, is an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah, look, I, I don't know the, well, if they make a grand final, then no. no, no yeah. None of the team will come over for they won't it. Come that's, across, part, yeah. that's part of the agreement that the clubs have with the AFL. However, I've got an, my understanding is if they're in the running, 
then they're almost obliged to attend on behalf of the club. Yeah, so you the do club chooses certain players. It, so if they're still playing and they've won a Brownlow, they get automatic uh, invitation. So mm. they usually go as well. But uh, look, if he has the choice, I think he will go. Yeah, it's you think he probably has to face up to it to some degree, but at the same oh, time, yeah. I think he'd want to be ev- anywhere else, including jail. So I mean, that would be pretty yeah. pretty uncomfortable. And and look, yes, he might be a front runner, but he's going to miss the last three I, I, because he's missing out on the end of the footy season. I don't think he's going to win. I think the oh. other players are going to uh, overrun him. Our main preseason pick was Mitchell, and I still think he's a massive yeah. chance. If he's not the biggest chance, I don't know who he is. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think is. No reason for him not to go. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a lost Brownlow to a guy who's ineligible, that's for sure. So another question that's come through on our social media. So John asks, Saints recruiting seems crazy. Yes, question mark. And yeah, it does. It does seem a little bit crazy. So if you're catching up on this, uh, St Kilda are after Fred Fanning. Uh, they're after getting uh, Dunstall back as well. If uh, Lockett, he's come back. If so. Usain Bolt doesn't make it with the Mariners, I think yeah. he's going to try out down, he's coming. down with the Saints as well. well. Get him with the Gold Coast first and then screw that up financially. Yeah. and, and then, then <laughs> Get him do, for a bargain. Yeah, yeah, a million dollars. So waste more in the drain. And Once then, he's 40. Yeah, 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 50 even. Even, yeah. yeah. No, so they're, they're jokes aside. So Hanabry, uh, who's you know not exactly been great over the last couple no, of years. No, has got... Busted arms, legs, shoulders, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes everything, every yep. all ten toes, <laughs> um, and then, so there's a lot, lot of, lot of uh, strange stuff going on. So Ruffhead as well, who you know looks like he's a, a big chance to maybe do one more year, you know, yep. being supported at, at Hawthorne. Hawthorne. So there's a few of these sort of scenarios going on, and then the other one that came out recently was Menzel as well, who's had you know 70 knee recos. So yeah. I, I I'm not. It feels very quick fix duct tape sort of stuff. Literally duct tape. Duct it's, tape. Yeah. If you have a look at all those players, they got tape all over them somewhere. So. It feels like Richo sat down and thought, I've got to win at least seven or eight games, or I'm going to get the sack. Maybe I bring in a few of these you know dirty dozen old soldier you know Menzel type guys and just try to maybe sneak a game or two and maybe they can get towards five or six and yeah. can mount an argument. But to mount an argument, I'd be going I, I can see where he's going, but they're not the type of players you'd be looking at. You'd be looking at some senior fringe players. Yeah. So rather than try and target a a rough head, target someone at Hawthorne like a Showmakers yeah. or a Brendan Whitecross. Mm. They've been in a successful system, have uh, both got a flag and all that type of stuff. And that will help to bring culture into the playing list. Mm. And that's the type of stuff you would do. Not not batted up players that are probably going to see out their contracts at the clubs anyway. So well, that's what Carlton, Mick Malthouse, Carlton era did. They got Daisy Thomas and they got a whole bunch of these guys, and that didn't exactly work out. So it feels very quick fix. And yeah. you know, Soss made a really good point recently for Carlton. He was saying that you know, building a team that can you know make that ten to sort of eight point is not is you can do sort of quickly, mm. but building a team that can legitimately get to the to the top end. It just simply is going to take a few years longer, and I think I think they're better off. They, they need some maturity. Why they don't re-sign Armitage, I have absolutely no idea. Again, he was good on the weekend. Yep, yeah, very again, but no, not sure what he's done. But he's obviously no. done something awful, Talon Richardson. But yeah, so it is a good question to us. Yeah, it seems really strange, and very it seems strange. given the sort of no, I mean, again, we're not you know sensationalist sort of sort of guys, but hearing the sort of numbers you hear, 
around Hanbury especially was yeah like four years on sort of six seven hundred eight hundred grand was just yeah, it, yeah that's great that, is, that crazy. is crazy I know they have to spend the cap but that that is ridiculous yeah give but, it to the kids yeah well that, evenly spread across that's it so yeah why so another question here from Julia why did crows not challenge the Tex Walker band so Tex Walker got a couple of weeks and no challenge from Adelaide what do you think oh okay I'm don't, sorry to offend, but did you actually see what he did? Yeah. There's no point contesting that. He, <laughs> I think this is a quite. A, a second, I think Julie is quite an Adelaide fan, though. Just yeah, quietly. I mean, they can contest it, obviously, and and they get a fine. So I, I understand why you try and go down that path now because you don't risk it the the game. But I think there there was never going to be a winnable argument because it was a second motion sling tackle. So they've been trying to out. Um, ban that throughout yeah. the game for like two or three years now. It's just one of the things you just you got to cop on the pardon the pun, cop on the chin mm. um, and deal with. I think it's the best thing for Tex. I don't think his head's in the game at the moment. He's struggled with form. His fitness is probably not what it's meant to be. So just to get away from the game as far as playing and training hard for an extra couple of weeks, I think he'll do him a world of good. So uh, Kevin sent her another question. Should the heat continue on the Gold Coast? Uh, 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 or, or should we just forget about physical it? Physical heat? Like, <laughs> yeah. the Gold I wasn't Coast sure whether he meant like the, the burning of it or the... Yeah, I think, I think it should for me. I mean, given that they've been so appalling and, you know, Jack Rewalt beat the Suns on the weekend. That was what we led with on the podcast for yeah. that game. So it's... Yeah, it's pretty shocking. And Stephen May as well. We we didn't just simply didn't get time to go through that game very heavily, and it would have been really a real waste of time given there's too many other games that were worth talking about. But seeing Stephen May get completely obliterated was yeah, not ideal. He's probably their best player at the moment. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think look, we can sit here in our now studio and and talk about things and, and sit on the fence a little bit about this. But I think if there's people in high areas within the AFL, past players that have really strong views about it. If you think the the Suns are cooked in this, go up there and do something about it. Yeah. Actually support and, and, and put your money where your mouth is or, or whatever to try and make this club a better um, team because the AFL are going to continue to throw money at it for years to come. They've invested it already and they're not likely to turn around and say, oh, we stuffed up. We already know they don't say that very often. So... I think um, the the bigger, wider AFL community probably need to step in and and do something to help help the club structurally, and not so much financially, but start to build a culture up there and help uh, Stewie Jew out. Well, we went into that last week. I mean, you asked me what what's the best, what would you do if you were running the Gold Coast Suns? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you, you you've got to really start from point A now. It's gotten to that point. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, couple more, and then we better get going. But another one, so. Geelong's team balanced this questions around. So Michael's asked the question, are Geelong just too stacked in, in one area? So i.e. midfield he's written. So are they just too stacked from, from a midfield perspective? Do they have they recruited in a way where with Dangerfield and Selwood? I mean they're probably spending you know, millions on this midfield. Are, are they just simply too stacked in the center? I mean you, people always say oh, you can never do with you know you can always do with more midfielders. But I think it gets to a point where I, I think this is a good question. What do you think? I mean, I do, and it's obviously it's come out a number of times throughout the year. Uh, I don't think it's too top heavy in the midfield. I, I think that 
second tier and second and third tier players just aren't stepping up to the plate when they yeah. need to. You look across all the great teams that have won um, premierships over the last few years. The midfield ha- it has been stacked, 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 yeah. But it's the fact that that the second and third and fourth year players that are coming through are stepping up to the plate on a regular basis. Yeah. Not to say that Geelong haven't had that. They probably just don't have enough of a spread. So, obviously, Kelly has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, Radigalia, when he's been playing, has been amazing. But I still find um, Menegola, although he's been better this year, a little bit inconsistent at times. Guthrie, the same. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, and, and there's probably eight to nine players on that Geelong list that are, that are in that sort of mould. So if they can get in their heads and figure out why that is, why they go missing in games, I think that's more to the point. I think Geelong have got a very good list and obviously it's quite balanced. They've got a good um, forward structure when it's yeah. working well. I think for me personally, is, and we've talked a number of times, it's ruck depth more than anything else. I think people like your knuckles and people like that are going to benefit from the run this year as well. I think yep. their, their forward line will improve and I think some of those small forwards that, that can pepper like a lot of the Rich say Richmond style, but a lot of the smalls can, that's going to get better. Mm. I think they probably could do with one other defender just to help out Tui and Stewart, especially given that you know Henderson missed ages this year and he's been a bit better since he's been back, but he's building into it and then yeah. obviously Taylor's been out for ages. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been a real problem. So I, obviously they don't grow on trees, but that would be something that would just, you know... Amazing for them, yeah. Yeah, that would be really helpful. So a couple more. We had some, some good ones come yeah, through. Some through now. So uh, Sean asks, are Melbourne cooked? So, I think they're probably right now sitting at about I think they're, 80 degrees in the oven. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're getting marinated in the fridge yeah. at the moment. Is it, uh, ready a bit to of salt and barbecue, pepper. Yeah. Salt and pepper, sort of, you know, sauce being yeah, added. Absolutely. It's not looking amazing, yeah. I mean, the, the tray's out, you know, the tongs are ready to go, that sort of stuff. It, it, I don't, don't think they're baked yet. Not But quite. it's definitely, the, the brush is uh, spreading the marinade, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's looking, Something's going to happen yeah. drastically this weekend for it to, to change, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, we, we just have to see them beat big teams. Like this, it is just getting absolutely ridiculous because it's all well and good to beat teams below you and do what they've done just to maybe sneak into the finals. But then what's the point? What a waste of a year. Weird. And then yeah. they just get belted. That, because they will. They can't beat it in the top yeah, team. Exactly. So then, exactly. that's all that's left. Good luck. I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, that's what they're going to have to face. So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're semi-cooked, I think, is a, is a fair way to describe Absolutely. it. So another one from David. Tex Walker should step down as captain of the Crows. No question mark, but I'm assuming he's asking that as a question. I agree. I Yeah, look, I, I don't see a problem with it. I think it would be probably good for him to be freed up from yep. a lot of that role. I think just concentrate on his footy, concentrate on his health, getting that foot right, getting a lot of you know the his his football right ultimately. Mm. And we did discuss and, and a bit of it in we the did, podcast, yeah. yeah. And think that it's time for, for you've got Sloan such an obvious captain there. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not like they're they're in a situation where it's like, oh, Jaron Geary, should he step down? He hasn't been great. But I mean, who who goes in? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they I don't, got, they've got a plethora of players to choose from. Obviously, Sloan at the top yeah. of the list, but you could say Rory Atkins, he's only 25. Atkins is a big chance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I think given there's a very obvious choice and he's recommitted significantly long term, yeah. significantly so, I, th- I think that uh, for me, yeah, I, I would go about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Ben's asked, how should the Crows bring in from other clubs? So I think a few Crow supporters around. A couple of Crowies watching the, the dive. I think, I'm assuming that's about recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, Ben, because I think for me, it, 
they've obviously. I mean, it's hard with with the Crows because they've had so many injuries throughout the year. I was going to say the same thing. So it's really difficult to know what they should bring in without knowing the the long ongoing health with a number of their players and whether a bunch of this is going to reoccur next year. I mean, yeah, the they. It's funny, like they haven't really had. They haven't really had a lot of, you know, it's it's hard. Like Gibbs, I think, was a really good recruit as an example. And given how many things that have gone wrong this year for the Crows, there hasn't really been a lot of, you know, credit for yeah. that. I mean, they got it done. They got it done and, you know, they got him over there and they, I mean, they wanted him the year prior. But, you know, they still got him, still there. Got him there. And I think he's had a great year. You and I have spoken about him yeah, on a absolutely. range of occasions. He's been super consistent for them. Obviously, he was a standout at Carlton, but... Yeah. Um, so many good players could be standouts at Carlton. Coming into a stacked team like Adelaide, yeah. he's not going to be the player that wins games like no. he did at Carlton and rack up all the possessions like he did there. But I think he's been more than serviceable. I thought it was a great pickup. Yeah. For me, not that I don't haven't looked into the Crows list um, in depth. Obviously, this is a live question, but I'd be concerned that who's the backup to Source Jacobs. So if they haven't got a quality ruckman in waiting, that's what I'd be doing, and maybe a, a winger well, Lynch, and outside Lynch, runner. Lynch, and yeah, I mean Jenkins as well, kind of assists in that respect. But whether that's what they want to do, I don't know. I mean, the, the big thing for me with Adelaide is I, I wouldn't bring in. I mean, you, you know, you would if you got someone, but I, I don't want them to bring someone in that causes detriment to other players. No, definitely so not. You, I you, think their list is quite good. At the it's moment. actually going to be quite good, and I think they'll rebound next year. And I think people like Dude and Maliras and people like that. I don't mm. want recruits to come in and take away from how, how much they're, how, how good they'll be for the run. Yeah. I think they need another small forward. I, I think with you know Charlie Cameron obviously going to, to Brisbane, yep. and then Eddie Betts also being down for pieces of the year as well. I mean, who knows? He, he might come back next year and after having gotten over injuries and be fantastic again. But uh, I think ultimately... They don't need wholesale changes, put it that way. No, I think if they can get a, they can get a decent small forward. Yep. It, you know, if, if Short hadn't signed, for example, with Richmond, that would have been a player I would have targeted, yep. for example. But yeah, pl- something like that would be a good idea. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think they're, they're, they've had so many key injuries. I, I think they need to spend another year and just see see how they go. Yeah. So a couple more very quick ones. So Sean's also asked, do you think Higgins can win the Rising Star? I think he's a chance. Yeah, I think he's a big chance. But I, I think he's coming from a bit of a way back. He's he's missed a few games, and his earlier part of the year was was good. But yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, Stevenson's oh, the, yeah. the, the clear front runner. Absolutely, yeah. I think there's someone. He's got his hand on the cup. I think yeah. he only has to play okay games for the last two rounds to win it. Yeah, and it would take a massive effort from a Cam Rayner or. James Warple, and even then, they haven't played enough games. We're talking about a guy who's played basically every game for Collingwood and has been outstanding at least eight of those games. He's been very good, and you look at statistically for the age of the player and how well he's performing, it's it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, you never know, but I I just think it's Jaden Stevenson's, and I think think he sewed it up about three or four weeks ago, to be honest. Yeah, and and look, you and I have really rated due day season as well. We've both said that he'd be a real chance, but the big problem is I just don't think they've won enough games. Yeah, and I think ultimately that's going to hurt. And he's missed a few too. He's missed a little bit. but And that is the main thing for the rising star it's the amount of games that one plays for them yeah. to, to be really eligible. So you look at last year, McGrath and 
Ryan Burton basically played every game for their respective teams, and no doubt that's why they went one and two um, that's in, it. in the competition yeah. for the Rising Star. So. so thanks so much for watching and listening through this one, yeah, guys. I really, really appreciate it. We did it. get a number of questions come in, so we'll answer them um, on Facebook or we'll re-answer yeah. them next week. That's but it. we got heaps that came through, and there's a few that'll be relevant, I think, next week yeah, as absolutely. well. So if we don't do them in one week, don't worry, we'll get to them the following week. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll uh, see you next week. We'll see you next week. The review's up right now. The preview will be up tomorrow. Check out AFL Deep Dive. Check out Beyond the Game, all their websites, all their stuff. Yeah, see you later. Enjoy the footy. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.